Alternative Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Within the next 10 years, the world as you know it will be completely different. Knowledge is your ability to analyze all the data and wealth that you accumulate. Wisdom is when you learn from somebody else's experience. And experience is like the apps inside your brain which allow you to carry out the function. Those who you believe are on your side or not. In a time like now, it's more important than ever to surround yourself with like-minded people. The world as we know it is changing rapidly. And the world that we once know is never going to be the same again. The future of finance is here. Prepare for freedom and get ready to swallow the red pill where every week in a brilliant edge, real, uncut, and raw truths about finance and the world you think you know to help you prepare for the biggest dislocation of the world has ever seen. The upcoming global financial collapse will happen on a magnitude 99% are not ready for. This is the Ken Mack and Coach JV Financial Freedom Show. So if you're ready, what I want you to do is sit down, strap on your seatbelt, get out your pen and pad, and get ready for the biggest shift in generational wealth. Warriors, rise! Get your shit together. Let's go. All right. Good morning, Warriors. We're coming to you from all over the world. I actually had to find a little cottage here. That's all about free your dome warriors. So I'm excited to bring you guys on today. We got a lot of people already commented. Today we're going to be talking about the great reset and how it's showing up in Coach JB's life, Ken Max's life, and D's life from the 5 a.m. club. Really, really honored to have D on board here with us today. And today we're going to be having a casual conversation about the great reset. And what I want to start off by saying, Warriors, is I'll share with something very powerful. The world is shifting as we know it, completely shifting as we know it. The big corporations, people are starting to turn their head away and say, okay, there's something different out there. And what we want to talk about today is what's called the great reset. And what does that mean for you? What does it mean for your family? What does it mean for your finances? And personally, what are we doing? First of all, none of us are financial advisors. None of this is financial advice. It's just us sharing our journeys into, for me, into the quantum financial system and into generational wealth building. But we want to bring you different perspectives every single Monday from all over the world, people actually in the game doing this, not some reporter or not some corporate guy telling you how they think it should be, but people are actually in the game, protecting their families, building generational wealth and creating freedom. So that's all we want for you, Warriors. But remember, this is not financial advice. You always need to do your own research and deep, dive down deep down the rabbit hole. That's what we're going to do today. So I want to say what's up to Ken. How you doing, D? Want to introduce yourself to the group? 
Yeah, so great to be here, guys. Um, appreciate the invite. Uh, my name's Dee. Um, I run a, a community where we have different speakers on each week from many different industries to talk about similar things that you guys are talking about. Um, so, yeah, we're just trying to sort of um, make people aware so they don't become a victim. And um, there's many ways to sort of um, skin the cat here. So, yeah, that's me. My name's Dee. That's awesome. Thank you, Dean. Ken Mac, how are you doing? Where, where, so, D, where are you located right now? Where are you at in the world? So, um, I've actually been in a Dubai in the States all year. I'm actually landed in the UK about six or seven days ago, unfortunately. So, hoping to be back out in Dubai um, soon enough. I'm, I'm here for business. So, yeah. Nice. We'll head over to Ken Mac. He's in the uh, the, the money-making. What do you call it? The money-making factory? I love it. <laughs> the deal-making factory. The deal-making factory. That's awesome. Awesome. And you guys know Ken Mack. He is a legend, legend. And he is my coach and mentor um, in the generational wealth. And what I share with you guys is he's Mr. Miyagi and I'm Karate Kid. He's telling me wax on, wax off, Warriors. And so we're coming to you from all different experiences, right? So uh, if you guys saw the article that just hit Business Insider, they interviewed me around the Great Reset. And I'll kick it off and then we'll just kind of roundtable this. So the Great Reset to me started when I was in banking. I was deep in the banking experience and I was an executive at a bank. And I started to understand actually how the financial system worked. And when we started talking about how to fund our banks, how to build our banks when I was executive banking school, the question I had was, where does this money come from? Where does this money come from? And so I started going deep down the rabbit hole. I started to research Jekyll Island. And lo and behold, I ran across the World Economic Forum. And so in 1971, January, World Economic Forum was created by Klaus Schwab. By August uh, 1971, we detached from the gold standard in America. And that's when the print, well, the printing machine was already turned on, but there's been a lot that's happened since then. And then Klaus Schwab has coined something. You can look it up yourself. It's on the World Economic Forum. Check it out. It has 65,000 dislikes and comments are turned off. I wonder why. But it, they coin it the Great Reset. Now, the thing is, Warriors, if you think about this, how many people are watching this? The reason why people aren't watching this is because as everybody looks this way, there's a whole other narrative going on this way. You're watching the VMAs. You're watching the WAP videos. You're watching all this stuff, TikTok. You're addicted to all this stuff over here in the Coliseums as there's a whole financial Swiss shift happening. So some of the things that they're saying in the World Economic Forum, by 2030, guess what? You're going to own nothing, and you're going to be really, really, really happy. How, how great does that sound for your freedom, Warriors? And so what I started to do is really dive down with my banking knowledge and I started to get into crypto and I was telling people and I humbled myself and I was saying, that's the biggest shift in generational wealth. And as I learned, met from Ken, met Ken Mack and brought him on as my mentor, I realized that there's it's such a bigger picture wars and that's what this is all about. So I'm a crypto investor, heavy crypto investor. And as I mentor under Ken Mack, I'll be moving into the LBOs and learning about the biggest shift in generational wealth. But I want to kick it around the room and kind of get your guys' feedback on the Great Reset. So one thing I'll share um, from my perspective is it's coming a lot faster than you guys think. I think within the next five years, your world's going to look different. Within the next 10 years, your world is going to be unrecognizable. So Ken Mack, what's your thoughts on the Great Reset? So it's great to be here, guys, and uh, coming to you, of course, from Dubai, and thanks for coming on, D as our guest. It's very nice to have you here. Um, so for me, noticing uh, what happened back in March uh, last year, which we call the corona dump, um, which was signified by the uh, the Bitcoin price going down as low as three or $4,000, it was at that point in time everything started to change for me, and I started to notice and question everything. I didn't trust anything. 
about anything that was going on. Now, I was um, under the impression uh, very quickly, once they started printing exponential amounts of money, that something was going on behind the scenes. I started to, uh, you know, ask, uh, ask many questions about the pandemic and what was going on behind the scenes of the pandemic. Now, for me, the, uh, you know, remembering that everything that I'm sharing with you is just an opinion. And I, of course, have gone down the rabbit hole and I'm following the white rabbit. But there is a point in time where you need to stop going down the rabbit hole and stop trying to dig for information because the way that I see things is whatever's going to happen is going to happen. It's unlikely that you and me are going to change it. The only thing that we can change is ourselves and our own situation by adapting to the current situation that we've got and harnessing it in the best way that we feel deems fit. So to me, it looks as if they are leveraging a disaster. What did Charles Winston Churchill say? He said, never let a good crisis go to waste. And nowadays, those words are becoming more and more sinister. Now, like you said, Coach JV, it's on the World Economic Forum website, and it does very, very clearly say all over the website, YouTube videos, that they are pushing the agenda of the Great Reset. Now, um, to me, how do you crash an economy? You're going to print a shitload of money, and then you're going to have to increase the interest rates to compensate People can't afford the loans and economies start to crash at that point in time. And that's when the foreclosures take place, like back in the 90s, for example. So we need to learn from history what happened in the past. Um, maybe these people pushing this agenda, I've seen many comments. I posted something on Instagram about the, uh, uh, the Klaus Schwab uh, character. It reminds me of an evil Bond villain or uh, mm -hmm. Mr. Deco, whatever you call him. He's a pretty scary character. Um, so I think it's best to prepare. You know, if, if that's the case that we are dealing, let's say that that was the case. I'm not saying that it is the case. I'm just saying that if it was the case that we're dealing with a sinister situation and they are deliberately trying to crash the world of economies, which is possible, you know, it does look that way when they're printing ridiculous amounts of money. The first thing that came to my head was they're trying to crash the world economy to implement a new system. The new system is going to be total control. CBDCs, central bank, digital, digital currencies, and once they bring and phase them in, we're in a completely new era. So if that's what's going to happen, that's what's going to happen. I think that it's time that we need to start understanding the basic fundamentals of how we can protect ourselves. Now, $1 today will never equate to what it was 10 years ago or 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. One gold coin will always be one gold coin. It's a gold coin. Yeah. One Bitcoin will always be one Bitcoin. Always. A house piece of real estate, an asset, is always going to be a house. It's, no, it's never going to change. It might have a dollar value, but it's going to be a house. A piece of land or an acre of land is always going to be an acre of land. Yeah. So a lot of people have this mental connection inside their, uh, their dome where they want to 
look upon an asset against the US dollar. So we need to break away from that just now whilst they're printing ridiculous amounts of money and protect yourself by accumulating assets. So I think the best ways that you guys can survive what's coming is to learn how to buy revenue. And D here is a good example. You know, he's in the UK just now, and he's there to close a deal of a biotech company, a business in the UK. He's used my methodology to buy a six million pound company with none of his own money. And that's just one deal. That's one way that you can protect yourself by learning how to buy businesses. Owning a business, you adapt by passing the cost onto the consumer. So that's where the power comes in. You now control what they pay. You don't want to be the dude that's paying the accelerated costs because of the ridiculous inflation. In my head, this is like a military-style operation. This is very, very well rehearsed. And the mechanics of what's happening are all planned out. This is all planned out, what's happening. They know what's coming, and they know exactly what they're doing. So you need to be on the uh, the other end of the spectrum and be doing what the 1% they're doing and controlling the costs that these businesses charge to the consumer. So you need to start looking at ways to maximize your purchasing power, like buying businesses on leverage and investing the proceeds of those businesses into Bitcoin. Or if you're working for an employer just now, you need to be looking at diversifying ASAP. We spoke about gold and silver last week. It's built for times like these to preserve your purchasing power. It's inversely correlated to economic disasters. So I'm going to be adding videos, guys. To I know that we only have an hour here, and I'm going to be adding videos to my YouTube channel with how to do this and how to do that, because I think that's more appropriate than explaining and breaking things down here where we can have more general discussions. So uh, Coach JV will put a, a link in the description so that you guys can uh, click onto that and then go through all the short uh, five, 10-minute how-to videos. But I want to go over to D and bring D on just to um, understand from his perspective what what the Great Reset means to you, and what do you think that people can do to protect themselves? And what, what do you think is going to happen by 2025, 2030? So over to you, Dee. Okay, so first of all, I think we need to ask ourselves, you know, what is the Great Reset? You know, because they, they, they're pushing this agenda of the Great Reset, but we understand what the Great Reset is. Now, a Great Reset, we can look at it a few different ways. So it, it may not mean... A global financial crisis you know they printed you know a hell of a lot of money but we also have to understand what the bankers are doing we can understand the candle on effect and many different moving parts of the way this this sort of works in my opinion i feel that the great reset to, to the world economic forum uh, and the world bank is going to be more pushing towards um, a restructure of the debt because you know as you can see that they're printing serious amounts of money um and also potentially moving you know to a multi-reserve currency, kind of like the, the SDR. Because if we look at, um, you know, we know that global reserve currencies on average last around 100 years, 100% failure rate. Fiat currencies, 25 years roughly, with 100% failure rate. So, you know, we're, we're, we're probably going to move away from a sort of 
uh, the dollar as the global reserve currency, but we're probably going to uh, move towards more of a basket of currencies, kind of like the SDR, um, which you know at the moment serves as a a unit of account um, of the IMF or you know other sort of international entities. So I feel that we're probably going to move away from the dollar and move to a multi-reserve currency. Now, like I said, this doesn't mean um, we need to have a global financial crisis. Now, when this first come um, to sort of light back in March last year, I did feel that the, the amount of government incentives that are being put in place and the amount of money that was being printed before we sort of it went absolutely parabolic. I did feel that, you know, we're heading towards a, a potential global depression. My opinions have changed as time has gone on, just based on, you know, um, the sort of the way the bankers have acted throughout this. And we, you've got to understand as well, we're seeing all these sort of geopolitical tensions between the states and China. Uh, we, we need to understand that China and are part of the IMF too. This isn't just sort of a war between um, two countries. This is they're part of the, the same financial system that, and the way this moves. Yes, someone wants to have more control than the other one, but they're part of the same thing. Now, when the markets did roll over back in March, I do feel that's when the QE. That's when that's what QE is for. You know, that's when we should have been printing money. To, to you know, Ben Bernanke said years ago that the, that they should have turned the printers on a lot sooner. And you know, I sort of agree to disagree with him because I do feel that real economic growth is what we should be looking for. But when things happen, like back in March last year, that's when the printer should have been turned on and then the tapering should have happened a lot sooner than it has now. The problem is they've tried to taper before and it didn't work, so it turned the money printer back on. So the the, the problem is we've created a, a very an inflationary environment where we need debt to, to sort of grow in it in a false way and the problem with i find that we're having is uh, sort of politics again in the way of good economics and they just continue to kick the can down the road no one really wants to take no sort of uh, leadership and especially that the governments that are in place right now uh, and really make a difference they're just going to keep doing the same thing nobody wants to be left holding the back i agree with what you just said ken and i'm sure coach jv um you guys have spoke about this previously about the central bank digital currencies. Now they're going to be more efficient, but they're also going to be very scary because this this way there's going to be control over you know taxation. They can really allocate funds to specific individuals. Um, you know they can see every transaction, every counterparty that's involved. They can sort of penalise you for not falling in line. Potential social credit scores. We're sort of kind of like you know. I feel that we're the United Kingdom and the, and the United States of China these days. That's the sort of the way we're going. Um, you know, we also need to look at history. So Coach JV talked about the banking system. So if we all we can look at to see where we're going forward is look at historical data. So if we go back to when the Fed was created in 1913, you know, this sort of gave the bankers real like supreme authority over the economy. You know, they're able to sort of create money out of nothing, loan it out, receive interest, and they could basically make decisions without any sort of government approval, control the amount of money in circulation. And this is where people, a lot of people that are sort of new to this, feel that the Fed or the government, they're not. They're a private entity and they're in total control of what's going on. Then if we look at a year, just a year after, you know, these banks that you're meant to trust, JP Morgan back in 1914, they, they profited from financing both sides of the war. Um, they was in control of weapon purchases. And then just after that, we had the sort of roaring 20s that, you know, everybody 
bangs on about today, where the Fed basically flooded the, the, the economy with cash credit. They created a bit of an artificial boom. And then, you know, we fall in, fell into the sort of 1929 depression where they began to sort of pull all the money out of circulation as all the loans started to get paid back, which created a bit of a bust and it triggered the, the banking crisis that we now know as what they call as the Great Depression. And, you know, this, this at this point, you've got to remember, the central bank was in existence for the best part of, you know, 16 years, and they already managed to collapse the banking system within the space of 16 years. So, you know, I'm not going to go into sort of, I've mentioned this before, but what happened with the sort of the Kennedy situation. But if we move forward a little bit to, you know, 1999, the legislation changed, which, you know, that, in my opinion, pretty much led to the, the global financial crisis when we hit sort of 2007, 2008. And if we then look back at 2004, which is quite laughable, so I'm not going to sort of bore you with this um, and show you the sort of complete narrative, but this is when, in 2004, the investment banks, they cut a deal with the SEC. They were sort of urging them to allow um, voluntary regulation, which can determine how much money they can make up out of nothing and loan it out into circulation. So banks basically regulated themselves and they could take on as much debt as they wanted. Again, that led to the sort of financial crisis, as we know, 2007, 2008. And anyone that is um, old enough to understand and feel the impact of that, unfortunately, I wasn't really old enough to feel the, the, the impact of, of my, myself. But I, I'm a bit of a historian when it comes to banking and money. I love it. But, you know, you've got this impact in many people around the world. They lost their jobs, their homes, their retirement savings. It was a bit of a disaster. And it was all built up from, you know, the sort of misuse of money from banks. So we all, we do have to have a look back at history before we sort of move forward. And we're in a sort of a market right now where you could argue that everything's in a bit of a bubble, which, you know, it pretty much is. And all an asset bubble is, is, is when all the sort of new mon money that enters the market just keeps prices going up pretty much well beyond their sort of fundamental value um, of the underlying assets. And it's just simple, simply supply and demand. Eventually, the show ends. It doesn't end well. And that's when you do look at history. So in my opinion, I do feel that we're going to have you know a bit of a debt restructure um, opposed to a global financial crisis. I'm not going to write off a global financial crisis. I feel we're going for a massive paradigm shift here where sort of technology and macroeconomics have sort of crossed paths. And I feel that the, they pretty much wasn't ready for it. That's why we're sort of having a bit of a they're moving like turtles when it comes to regulation around cryptocurrency and sort of the way tech is moving. That's why there's a bunch of government incentives in place. We have millions of jobs available right now and no one wants to take them up. So that's definitely going to lead to sort of wage inflation. Monetary policy has been exhausted. We're seeing negative rates around the world, crazy amounts of money in circulation. There's definitely solvency problems that you know, that the media definitely are documenting. We've seen them very early on, even though government was putting in huge amount and in, a, a huge amount of incentives in place. There were still companies going bust left, right and center back last year. And there's still companies that are, are definitely insolvent now that has been sort of propped up. If you just take Hertz's example, they over leveraged by about 24 times. They had a, a billion in cash reserves and about 24 billion debt on their balance sheet. So we know in a market where the Fed can't raise rates. You know, if you remember the last time we went through the rate cycle, everyone just puts more leverage on the lower rates. So they can't raise rates because if you do, it'll just blow them up. 
So over the last 18 months, we've seen record borrowings from corporates. The leverage has gone crazy, uh, pretty much all-time low rates. So we, we, we do need to be careful, but I do think that um, we need to position ourselves in a way that we're, you know, we're making use of this time. There's always an opportunity in a crisis. And as much as I don't feel we're in a, well, we, we're sort of in an underlying financial crisis that hasn't been brought to light because it's been propped up by sort of government um, incentives and central bankers. So it's just sort of position ourselves in the correct way, in my opinion. So D, so I got a, I, I want a follow up question with that. So you, you know, you shared with we may not go through financial crisis, but what we're having is a financial paradigm shift, right? And so what what I, I want to recap that because. What I don't think people understand is as we look this way with the C word, right, the pandemic that happened this way, it gave them the opportunity to switch people to being on their computers, get them onto their mobile wallets, right? And so do you feel that's the, the biggest shift right there is where they're trying to avoid the collapse because it's been kicked down the road so far, but you never let a good pandemic go to waste. So instead of letting the pandemic go to waste, let's push all these people into technology, into blockchain. And that's why you see so much FUD in the marketplace, keeping the people away from the cryptocurrency as they shift the financial system over to the to the cryptocurrency space, right? The CBDCs. And then the casino just moves over to the um, to the digital space. Do you feel that's kind of what they're doing? Yeah, I think that they've seen that blockchain is definitely going to change everything as we know. You know, I'm talking not just the financial system, but, you know, global supply chains, the way, you know, tokenizing real estate, pretty much everything you can think of is going to be done via a blockchain now. So I feel that they, I don't, I feel that they're kind of late to the party. They didn't realize that, I think they knew that this was going to push things on very quickly, but I think that it's happened a lot faster than they imagined. And, you know, we've we got to understand where this is going. It's, it's just out, not just in blockchain, but tech as a whole. You know, look at 3D print, for instance, right? You can, you know, they, they, you can even print nutritious food food now. You know, it, it's it, what's weird is it, in America um, right now, there's more chicken in America gets sold than is actually produced or imported. So I'm not sure how that works. But when we say that, you know, 3D printed food um, is going to get used, it will change supply chains. You know, it's going to affect some of the biggest food producers out there potentially. We're talking about printing bones um, for transplants, organs. So, you know, we're going to go through a situation where technology is going to affect pretty much everything. And the tokenization of everything, even VR, VR has been around for so many years and it's never really been in a situation where we could um, really implement VR into society because it happened too early. But now with the metaverse and everything tied to the metaverse, and we're seeing like, you know, um, publicly traded companies now buying land in Decentraland sandbox. And, um, you know, they, they're developing the land, the shopping centers that can sell NFTs. And the thing that um, I, I usually say to people is, look, you know, if I said to you 10 years ago, you're going to care about your image um, online to somebody that doesn't even know you across the other side of the world, people would think you're crazy. So when you're saying that people are going to now be buying these sort of probably Gucci um, hats and handbags inside the metaverse as NFTs because you're going to care what people think of your avatar inside the metaverse, that's going to happen. We're going to have a completely new identity and we're going to switch between the both. And um, this is where opportunity comes in again, because with VR and AR, they're two different things. So we've already seen a bit of a glimpse of AR with Pokemon Go, um, you know, a couple of years ago. But, you know, if you walk through Times Square and you own a piece of real estate and you've got your Apple glasses or your Facebook glasses on or Amazon glasses um, and, you know, you can switch between AR and, 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 you know, the real world that we're in now. And then you've got advertising space in places like Times Square, you know, um, 
the, some of the, you know, outside the Burj Khalifa, this is going to bring even more money to the table again. So it's just sort of sifting through where the opportunity is in these situations. But yeah, I feel that they know that, you know, we've caught technology has really hit a pivotal point in society. And I feel that they're like, right, this is the perfect time and sort of crisis as we know it in the media where we they, they can capitalize on it and be the four, the front runners in it. Because right now they're miles behind in cryptocurrency compared to the people that's been in this space for a very long time. You know, and I feel that they that's why they they try to push people away from it because they, they really want to get to grips with it or try and get to grips with it before everybody else is too far gone. Yeah. Yep. So, OK, so let's tie two things together. So we got the biggest and then I want to pull you and Ken Mack together. And that's how you guys got together, because well, we think about this. We have this massive shift into the new quantum system. Right. And then also we have a huge group of baby boomers retiring. So there's this wealth flooding down and there's a huge technology shift. And then there's people that are looking this way. Right. So. So, Ken, I want to talk to you about you know, the LBOs and how you how did you guys connect? Because I know what people are thinking right now. You know, we we're in the game. We're living this out. Right. We're we're investing in assets and building our, our generational wealth building portfolios. But how did you guys connect and how did that work? And what are you guys doing to protect yourself as this big shift happens? So Ken, how did, how did you guys meet? Yeah, we met in uh, Dubai. We were uh, mutual connections. So it was just nice to get the opportunity to, uh, to meet each other last year. And, uh, you know, we kind of revolve in similar circles, very like-minded as well. And, uh, you know, thanks for sharing uh, that information. Uh, the, we're definitely uh, moving into a, um, a very interesting time with maybe 3D printed chickens coming next and all of the transhumanoid stuff. I was looking, I was at the, uh, in, in the D Dubai frame the other day and they were showing Dubai, I think it was 50 years from now and I posted it on my Instagram and it looked insane. It was mind blowing. There was like a, a visualization, uh, three walls. And they, you were flying through the Dubai uh, city with all of the crazy, things that was, you need to see it to believe it was unbelievable very hard to explain it was amazing and i think you know if we don't uh, adapt to what's happening and just we ain't going to change it we can't be dinosaurs it actually looked pretty damn exciting Ap apart from the transhumanoid uh, part or whatever it was that they're trying to show us maybe i uh, picked up wrong but uh, it looked a little bit scary but um Certainly, technology is advancing very, very fast. And like you said, everything is going to be on the blockchain soon with tokenization and the crazy. Uh, I'll certainly not be the guy buying my Gucci hat on, in the metaverse. Um, but yeah, I can see that happening, definitely, because people are going to care how they look and are perceived with their image in the metaverse. So very interesting. So in terms of how are we protecting ourselves? Um, so just now, my strategy is uh, it's pretty straightforward. Um building a network of deal makers where together we're going out and looking at essential infrastructure-based businesses. We've done a complete 360, so we're not looking at the same businesses we'd be looking to buy a year and a half ago. So things like distribution, pallet, uh, pallet manufacturing, even the wooden pallets, uh, paper, actually started looking into graphene, believe it or not, now um, as a material. Um, uh, plastics, because it can be replaced by plastics. And um, you know all, all of these complementary businesses, labeling, packaging that we're bolting on. So we've, we're actually closing a deal just now in the UK, which is a company we're, we're buying with no money down. We take over the end of next month. And that is uh, uh, the manufacture uh, metal um, uh, metal strips for packaging for cosmetics. So it's a very, very niche business. And we have a, a labeling company as well. So these are all things 
that have been unaffected by the crisis. So uh, because of the unique uh, set of circumstances that we've got, we need to be very careful. Um, I was speaking to a guy today, you know, I, I buy a lot of silver. <clears throat> I was in the, the Dubai Commodity Center yesterday, uh, buying some. In fact, my son uh, is seven years old and he bought his first uh, ounce of gold, which was pretty cool. Uh, he took all of the money that he's been saving up for the last seven years, which uh, am amounted to about one ounce of gold. Uh, so he got his first coin yesterday. But yeah, with the silver, speaking to an investor, he's saying to me that he thinks it's going to be phased out in the in the near future because of its use case uh, being potentially replaced with graphene uh, that can do a similar job. So that's something that I'm going to be looking into myself to understand. But that means anybody that um, maybe has a lot of silver um, could be looking at taking a bit of a hit if it does affect the markets. But what my argument argument was that silver is a unit of account, a st store of value that has been for like 5,000 years, a bit like gold. So uh, for me, it's always a medium of exchange. Um, I'm also you know, pretty heavy in cryptocurrency and investing in land, looking at farmland, uh, domestic, uh, residential and commercial real estate. So these are all of the different um, uh, things that I'm investing in just now. Invested in, in fact, I bought a, a, quite a substantial amount of the dip this morning. And then unfortunately, the dip started dipping even further, as it always does. Um, so I, I'll, I'll pass over to Dee in just a couple of minutes because I know that there's a lot of people here in the chat that are very keen to understand what the hell is happening with the Evergrande and everything that's happening in the markets and the, the ripple effect. But we, we had a conversation on Friday, myself and Dee, and Dee said, uh, you know, buckle up, put on your seatbelt, guys. I think uh, you know this is devastating news from Evergrande. I think we're in for a rough ride. Um, I think it's like something like 600 billion um, is the is the uh, is it the debt of the company? Is that what the debt is? D six hundred billion. I think it's uh, it may be more. I thought it was around three hundred, but either way, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> so just before we go into that content, guys, I want you to show your appreciation for this type of content. Um, and if you guys are absolutely ready to dominate the upcoming global financial collapse, show your support, guys, to the community and smash out the like button so that the YouTube algorithm can see that what we're showing you just now is relevant to everybody because we want to unconditionally help and reach as many people as we can. Um, so we want to build this community so we can help as many of you guys as possible. So let's see, guys, if we can reach a 1,000 likes in this video. That would be absolutely amazing. So if you can show your support and do that, that would be excellent. So please uh, uh, go ahead, Dee, and share with us your thoughts just now uh, and what you are doing um, to protect yourself during the, uh, the, the current uh, unique set of circumstances that we've got. So yeah, kind of, kind of like yourself. I'm looking at you know um, businesses that you know are, are needed um, within you know infrastructure, and you know we're we're going to continue to grow going forward. So I'm in this looking for sort of the biotech distribution companies right now, uh, both in the UK and the US. We're just partnering with um, a company in the states that's going to provide funding for our deals um, as well, which is pretty good. Um, we're looking at you know. Is, is trying to get them for as, as, as close to no money down, if not no money down. The, the one that um, we're in the process of buying in the UK right now is a complete no money down deal. So, um, yeah, in, in, the, in the kind of the same game as you can, as you know, um, we've got many conversations about this. Um, so that's the one the one way. The other way is I'm utilizing cryptocurrency as much as possible, making sure you're, you know, you're, you're, you're thinking forward, you're, you're understanding how this works and being, you know, sort of, First, the game really, you know, as soon as things start to get tokenized, the beauty of this is 
Um, anyone that has sort that of had a, a desire to get into real estate that doesn't had you know access to you know the money to get involved, you don't understand how the real estate game works, and you think that you need to save up, etc. Then you know the tokenization of real estate is already happening. There's companies in the states called Realty. There's one in the UK called Treehouse. Um, th these companies are popping up all the time now. You know, don't get me wrong. The company in the states called Realty, you're buying bits of real estate or you know pieces of real estate in like the Chicago area and stuff. So it's not you know as, as broad as you want it to be, but it's just going to become you know more frequent and there's going to be more companies popping up. People are going to be tokenizing their own real estate soon. So if you want a piece of you know the Burj Khalifa or Big Ben in London or you know somewhere in New York, Goldman Sachs building in New York, you can buy pieces of real estate and, and yield off it. So this is sort of the way I feel you need to prepare, definitely becoming your own bank, which I know you guys talk about already, becoming your own bank, becoming your own lender, taking your own loans. You don't need no banks anymore. You know, making sure you're in total control of your money and you're putting it to work because this whole narrative around transitory inflation, believe it as much as you want. But, you know, you guys, if you don't understand how inflation works and how the CPI works, they just take a random basket of goods and they just sort of, take things in and out of it as they please to try and keep it around their magic 2% number. Uh, it's always been running at well higher than 2%, just so you guys know. So when they're sort of documenting 5% core inflation numbers, you know, don't be, that, that's a lot higher than 5%. You know, when is it 2%, it's a lot higher than 2%. So I feel in a normal market and a normal cycle that you need to be, you know, getting at least a 20% ROI on your money at least just to be beating inflation and to be getting some sort of return on your money regardless. So in the current market cycle that we're in right now, you need to be getting a lot higher. So I feel that, you know, um, looking at the sort of um, acquisition space as far as businesses go is one, yet land, as Ken said, is another, um, and really utilizing cryptocurrency because there's so many different things you can do. So definitely get up to speed on the things you can do to definitely save your purchasing power. We're seeing the debasement of the currency. It's been happening for years and years this isn't just happening now i just feel that because as coach jv said tech has come to the forefront of all of this you've been you've had no choice now but to, to this has slapped you in the face everywhere you look online people are talking about it so if you weren't involved in this space you didn't understand it before you're seeing these the loss of purchasing power pop up all the time on the timelines across all the different social media platforms definitely understand what's going on because it's been going on for years and years and years this isn't new it's just been sped up a lot faster so yeah that's sort of what i'm doing but what about yourself um jv I'm, I'm interested to hear about yourself yeah absolutely so i'm a little behind with you guys so like for example i started i left banking so i was on the dark side for a while and then i got converted into cryptocurrency once i found out cryptocurrency and when when the c word shut my business down that's when i went fully all in on cryptocurrency because i was moving towards that sovereign mindset i'm like okay you're never going to control what i do with my business you're never going to control what i do with my my team members and so i went on this whole freedom journey and so i'm i'm about 98% crypto right now and then i'm transitioning now as i go through as we go into the parabolic market i'm transitioning to um, gold and silver and then I'm moving in with Ken Mack to be doing LBOs as well. So, you know, it's been a whole brain shift for me. And that's that's why I it's very important for us to bring different levels of the game on here. Like it, I would be in the infancy stage. Right. So I got really heavily into cryptocurrency. It's changed my whole financial picture. I have financial freedom now. Um, and what I am now is stepping into this whole new realm like you guys and starting to build that fortress around myself. So for me personally, I'm hedging against the U.S. dollar collapsing as if it's going to collapse tomorrow, um, putting my stuff into precious metals 
cryptocurrencies taken in fund months, fundamental cryptocurrencies and also within crypto um, using DeFi loans. As you said, I'm an ex banker. And I think that's why Jamie Dimon said banks should be scared shitless of fintech because we're literally our own banks. You know, you can go in and get a loan at 50 percent LTV. You can go out there and get an interest only loan, go buy more assets. You know, make sure you're very careful as you go through that to understand the system. But it, it, it gives a normal everyday and a normal everyday person the opportunity to be an accredited investor in crypto. I mean, that's why I keep explaining to people like there's never been a time in history where the normal everyday person gets access to the same game that the players in the stock market get. In the stock market, you know, you got to be a credit investor, have a million dollars in assets to be able to get into these IPOs, right? And then when they launch, they're going to pull, right? The bulls are going to pull their money and then it comes collapsing down and the people that get in the IPO get holding the bag, right? And now in crypto, and they know that, that they have a normal everyday person that's going to get that type of accredited investor um, portfolio, right? And so I think that's the biggest thing that I'm working to do is to bring people like, like UD, who's in the game, Ken, who's deep in the game for 16 years and seen it from all different phases. So if you look me in the crypto space i'm sprinting right as i go into this new realm of generational wealth building i'm crawling i'm like grabbing onto guys like you and saying and ken and saying all right how can i get up and so i'm and that's what i'm hoping to do with all these people here like look at us right here whereas you we're reaching back to you and saying grab onto our wrist let's all lock arm in arm and climb up so i'm really excited to go into this new realm and so for me business wise um i've created um five companies and so all passive income and i'm working to teach people to how to create take knowledge and turn it into freedom. So that's where I'm at right now. Um, and I'm excited to hear from both you and Ken Mack around, um, you know, D, I know, I think you, you got into the LBOs and because of what the question I keep getting, because I'm an infant, right? I'm, I'm crawling right now in the LB, LBO space. I'm going through Ken Mack's camp, And what do people keep asking me like, man, no money down. How, you know, people keep, do you have to have a ton of money? Do I have to have a bunch of money to get into this space? Because it just seems so like going from just being in cryptocurrency to now looking at the generational wealth building is a totally different story, right? Because you can get rich in crypto. It doesn't mean you're going to be wealthy, right? So changing your mindset to that wealth generating mindset. And you guys are basically operating like banks do. Banks go out there and leverage their money. They go buy assets and they just keep the, um, the ecosystem going, right? So how, you know, for both of you guys, like, like the normal everyday person, when you say no money down, like what is that? Like how was it to buy your first business? So you jumping in, Ken? Yeah, so we can speak about, uh, for example, the first company that I bought, and um, that was the commercial cleaning company. And it was, uh, for me, I was, it was uh, the, the only way that I could move forward was to not work for somebody because it was completely unemployable. So for me to get that, the feeling that I had when I bought my first business was incredible. I felt like I retired. I felt like an imposter. It just didn't feel, it felt completely weird. And when uh, you get the keys for, for, for your company, when you take over the biotech company, D, you're going to get exactly the same feeling. Um, so, you know, I, I wish you the best of luck with uh, concluding the share purchase agreement on that company. But when you sign for that first company, it's just a weird, weird feeling because it, you've not done anything to build what's around you. But when you buy, the, the way to think about it is this, to get your head around it. You buy a house, you haven't built the house. You're not the one that, uh, that has put everything together. You've used the bank to leverage the asset the same way that you would do the business and its assets. So, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's an amazing feeling. Um, but I just want to, uh, you were talking about the brain shift and thinking, of how can we give the people value today to go away? You're just speaking about this mindset and brain shift. And I think this is very, very important to, first of all, understand the things that society wants you to do. So, 
if I was to, uh, to to list a bunch of things just now, I would say that the society, they want you to follow the majority. So the majority of people are not going to get their head around buying a business with, with no money down. All that they need to do is do a simple Google search to understand leveraged buyout. And it's all there in black and white. But the majority, they don't want to know this. They want the, they, they want you to be financially stupid. So be by being financially stupid, you're going to get yourself into a lot of debt. You're going to go to college, buy a house, buy a car, uh, waste it all and you know, foods, restaurants every day. And uh, pretty much living paycheck to paycheck, living for the weekend. They want you to respect your elders as a default. They, they want you to stop learning after school. They want you to sacrifice for your country, be offended, be scared. They want to let the government take care of you. Hide your problems, buy material things, follow the trends, buy the Gucci hat in the metaverse, <laughs> fit your stereotype. Have your shit together by the time you're 20, meaning pushing you to go to college, university. You need to go. It's, it's going to take you five years. But you, uh, Why would you want to go to college when you're 25? About when you're 30, they're pushing you to get everything together by the time that you're 20. We, we, and uh, I, think you know, I think what you can do here is to, uh, you need to understand, uh, you know, as well, they will come after you if you stand out. That's what happens when you pop your, your head above the pulpit, they'll come after you. So what do you guys need to do? You need to stop conforming, stop living your life by the book, stop being a good employee, because the whole system is designed to make you a good employee. Stop following the rules and create your own rules. Understand the true meaning of freedom. As Coach JV says, you need to free the dome and stop living the way, stop living the way that they want you to live. And understand most things in life are for control and for profit. So I think the very first thing that you guys should take away from this is that you should start to understand what society wants you to do and who they want you to be and what you can do about it. And once you get your head around this and how the system is designed to control, desensitize, manipulate, and um, pretty much uh, keep you in a box, you need to put the hand up if you're in school, if you want to go and do the toilet. You need to ask permission to do the toilet. This is a kind of system that we're living in. So when you take the time to understand why, I was questioning everything. Why? Why this? Why do they make me do this? It becomes so much easier to create wealth. You need Take a bit of time to understand a little bit of politics, a little bit about the economy, how money works. And once you understand how money works, you're not going to want to trade your time for money for this imaginary, is it imaginary? I don't know. It's a piece of paper that's printed and it says something on it and you're trading your time for that piece of money. Time is the most precious commodity. This is the scarcest commodity known to man and you will not get a second of that back. And that's why I, I don't entertain meetings, maybe one or two, I'll do like a, a lunch meeting here in Dubai. I'm uh, I'm pretty much nowhere to be seen. Uh, you know, during the day, I'm here in the office because I want to utilize my time in the most effective way possible. And before I forget, guys, I've had quite a lot of messages. Uh, I know that I've mentioned Yield App quite a few times, and um, I was looking into it, and a lot of you guys are watching it from the USA. At the moment, you cannot use Yield App in the USA. It's not available uh, due to regulations, which is... 
I'm a little bit sad about that, but uh, I've uh, spoke with the company and they've said to me that it will be available hopefully next year. Mm. So that's the good news. But uh, if you're out with the USA, you can enjoy 20, 20.5% on the stable coins. It's incredible mm. opportunity to be able to stake in platforms and similar platforms to yield up. Celsius and Nexo, which doesn't doesn't have um, as good rates, but they're still great companies. So um, I, I just wanted to uh, say that, guys, because I've had so many messages on Instagram asking me exactly the same thing. So if you're watching this now, um, just give it a bit of time, and I'm sure you can uh, get an update off of their uh, their website there. So I think uh, we need to take a look at any questions from you guys, and I think the most important question today is the uh, the market uh, uh, the dip that we're having just now. So you want to give some uh, some analysis on that just now, Deves? I know there's a lot of uh, scared people just now. Whatever you're doing, guys, uh, not financial advice, but I wouldn't be um, panicking, uh, rushing into any uh, um, um, decisions just now to sell off your assets. I would be very careful um, with uh, your decisions of sell, uh, panic selling just now. Me, I'm panic buying. I bought a shitload of assets this morning. I bought uh, sushi. I bought uh, Matic. I bought... Uh, Pol polka dot. Uh, what else did I buy today? I bought more pancake cake, but one or two more things. Um, some more. I bought some Ethereum as well. So over to you, Dee. Uh, please um, share with the people your opinions just now and your viewpoints on what's happening in the markets. And what, what do you think um, the people, um, sh uh, how should they read the situation? Um, I would just be, you know, using the, the best method that anyone can use and history proves it is just dollar cost average into the markets um you know especially on the dips if you want to be profitable in bitcoin um as sort of the mothership as, as, as we like to call it then just dollar cost average in this is an opportunity opportunity for you to pick up some more btc and obviously a bunch of other alts as well um depending on how exposed you want to go in your portfolio but the thing is here is we're going to see there's a lot of sort of fear in the markets based on you know the china news and, um, you know, the, regardless of what's happening um, behind the scenes of Bitcoin and all the good stuff that's happening, um, you know, the media only likes to really shill the bad stuff that's going on. So one of the things that people keep talking about is Bitcoin's going to die and, you know, governments and central banks are going to kill it uh, and all that type of stuff. Now, we need to look at this, right? So people are saying that, you know, will Bitcoin withstand the test of time? Now, something that I post on my, my IG quite reg on a regular basis is look if you think that instagram uber or square have withstood the test of time then so has bitcoin right and, and, and that's that's what this boils down to if you think instagram has uber square and all the other companies then so is bitcoin but one thing i will say is if you feel that we're going to have a global depression and we're going to see loads of civil unrest and all the other stuff the last thing you want to be focused on right now is buying bitcoin like I said, go and buy guns. If that's what you think is going to happen, go and buy guns. Because Bitcoin is not going to save you if you really feel that people are going to be on the streets arguing over tin food and all the other stuff, okay? You need to position yourself completely different. But in the markets right now, it's a perfect opportunity for people to be buying the dip, picking up some different digital assets for, you know, very discounted prices. You know, me and Ken um, had a podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, my opinion hasn't changed. My price target for Bitcoin is still the same as it was months ago um, by the end of the year. It's not in the sort of six figures and all the 300,000s and stuff that people talk about. But I still feel that we're going to, you know, we're going to finish the year on, on a high. 
Um, I wouldn't be worried with what's going on right now. It's just another pullback in the market. If you've been here for you know a, a decent amount of time, then you would know that this is just normal. You know, you, you're in a volatile asset class. We're still in price discovery. We're still going to be in real price discovery for a very long time. You've got to. This is the sort of price you pay for the reward that you can receive, and that's just the way it is. You know, if you want to take any sort of risk on board, then there's no asset class that performs like this. You know, the the facts are facts. This is the best performing asset over the last decade, and it's probably going to be the best performing asset over the next decade as well. So, you know, it, this is part of it. As far as I'm concerned, I'm not worried. I still feel that we potentially could dip a little bit further. I did see before we jumped on the show, we had a little bounce, but I still feel that we're potentially going to sell off a little further. But just don't be worried. Use it as an opportunity. I, I, I'm personally not worried myself. Uh, you know, we, we've seen, you know, worse pullbacks than this. Yeah, thanks for sharing that with us, Dee. Um, and I know there's a lot of XRP followers here, but um, I like to use the Bitcoin chart because when Bitcoin comes down, it pulls everything else down with it. So it's the best way um, to uh, to give an analysis. But I've just been taking a look here while you've been giving that very good sentiment there, Dee. So thank you very much. Um, you know, my, my um, observation here is that, you know, you can see that that was my support level here, which uh, we perfectly bounced off of um, at $42,500. I think it's possible. I don't think the sell-off is finished yet, um, but the next level that I've got here is around about the 40,500 mark, uh, which you can see that with a, it's a high traffic area on the VPVR uh, just here on the right-hand side. And again, uh, the next level for me would be 38,000. Um, you know, the markets are very forward-thinking, so you know potentially all of this could have been priced into the market. Um, just now, but I would say that you know a majority of the selling could have already taken place. Let me just uh, see how much we've dipped there. Yeah, so it's nothing significant. It's like a 10, 11 percent uh, yeah. dip on the price of Bitcoin. So, um, you know, this is nothing to be worried about. You know, we just had that uh, crazy whatever it was, 60 percent back in the beginning of uh, Q1 this year. So, I would just uh, um, sit back, relax, and uh, enjoy the ride just now. And if you get any collateral on the side, consider. Uh, maybe dollar cost averaging, um, and that's exactly what I'm going to be doing. I wish that I'd uh, waited a little bit uh, later, but um, I'm not too concerned. I'm, I am down significantly, but I'm very relaxed about the situation. So that's uh, that's just my take, guys, and I hope that that gives you some peace of mind mm. about what's happening. You know, we, we've seen uh, seen a lot of uh, you know we, 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 we have been been through a lot of uh, bad things together. Uh, you know, D's in a, a crypto group of mine as well, and you know we've uh, we've all been there. Um, through these uh, big ups and downs, and you know we're all still here. We're, all of our portfolios are significantly up than what they were back uh, in about a month, uh, a month, two months ago. So just sit back, uh, relax, yeah. guys, and I'm sure everything is going to be fine. Yeah, one thing I want to say, Ken, is you know um, you made a good point. This ha this happens all the time, and you know the question you need to ask yourself is: Do you think that Bitcoin is going to be worth more in six months than it is today? But if you do, then you should be DCA, DCA in all the time. Just because that's what you do in all the other in traditional the traditional financial markets. People DCA into the S&P 500 year on year regardless. And if you go to a financial advisor, they're going to show you the charts from the 80s and be like, look, all this does is go up. So we can just DCA into this. It doesn't matter. So it's exactly the same thing. If, if I don't know if you can do it there, Ken, but if you switch the logarithmic chart and you zoom out, on, on the Bitcoin chart, we're on a perfect uptrend from the start. There's nothing changed on this chart. That, so, you know, you just got to zoom out in this situation. There we go. You zoom out, 
look where we're at. Or you've got to understand when these charts and the way this, with, with, when the way these assets move. And this isn't just cryptocurrency; this is stocks as well. If there's a gap in the if there's a gap on the chart, that it will fill it. And this is what happens time and time again. It will fill the gap on the trend line, and that and that's what's happening here. This is normal. This doesn't matter. And and that and the thing is that gap that it fills that price is always going to be higher that as time goes on. So you just got to see the way that the, the, you know, the assets moving. This is normal as a 10% pullback. You know, people shouldn't be worrying about a 10% pullback. I've seen people worrying more now than they did when we pulled back 50%. It's crazy. You know, just, just, just chill out. And as soon, you can start to see the way sentiment changes. And, you know, we, we need to also look. So at the moment, we need to look at traditional finance and the traditional markets as well as cryptocurrency at the moment. And all we need to look at in the current cycle, I just want to get this in before we, um, I know we're wrapping up soon, is cycles, all they are, they're down to liquidity and credit. So if money is injected into the system, asset prices rise because the average person just doesn't understand macro. And that's just the way this works, right? And at the end of the day, especially in crypto, you know, we're, we're, people trade at huge leverage. If you look at China, people are trading at 140x, right? So when the market pulls back and, you know, we see a bit of fear in China, when people dump the market and short the market, they're shorting this at huge amounts of leverage. So leverage will move the market, right? And if we look at the way, if we're looking at market cycles um, in the traditional markets, you know, we've got to look at GDP has recovered back to pretty much 2019 in, in nominal terms. But inflation has just gone wild, right? So what's weird is how does the US economy now cope with around you know, 8 million less workers in the workforce, uh, but they can achieve the same level of sort of economic activity? You know, there's a gap between the number of workers and GDP. So you have to wonder what, you know, what GDP would look like if three to five million of these workers come back into the workforce. You know, it just doesn't make sense, you know, and it, it looks good and bad at the same time. So if we look back at historical data, then, you know, let's look at the, the, the last sort of three expansion slash sort of recovery phases. Um, you know, they've been weaker than the last one before it. So does this now mean that growth isn't what it used to be? We need to sort of average well above the 3% GDP growth. Uh, but that hasn't been the case over the last three phases. If we look at, you know, 91 to 2001, 2001 to 2007, 2009 to 2019. But then if we look at the last four quarters since covid our growth has averaged around well over 12%. So expansion has gone crazy. So looking back at, if we look back at then Q4 in 2019, growth was running at about 1.9%. So, you know, where would you be, where would we be now if there was no COVID? It is hard to make sense of it all, but we need to look at, if we're looking at cycles and where we're going in cryptocurrency, stocks and everything else, property market, we need to look at historical data, look at where these cycles are. This is definitely a change. We're definitely going through a, a digital revolution and a complete change of paradigm shift in, in the financial markets. So we do need to look at it a little bit differently, but you need to position yourself in the correct asset classes, diversify as much as you can and go and grab the money where you can. And at the end of the day, we're all aiming for the same thing here, right? There's no number to put on this. The only thing anyone cares about is freedom of choice, right? We do, like you mentioned earlier on, that time is a valuable commodity, right? So something I've mentioned before that I'm going to share with um, your listeners now, Coach JV, is if I said to you, you know, look, if, if, if everyone's got time on their head, right? If I said to you, if you know the day you're going to go and you could have a countdown time on your head, would you live every day differently? Every single person is going to say yes, right? 
But the, the thing is, we do have that time on our head. It's just invisible and we can't see it. So we need to go out there right now. If you want freedom and you want to wake up every single day and decide what you want to do, then go out there and do the things that you need to do. You need to work like you needed this yesterday, right? Go out there, get access to that freedom of choice because that countdown timer is on, your, is on your head, whether you like it or not. And, you know, that, that, that's something that people need to get their head around, in my opinion. So sorry if I waffled on there a bit. I just wanted to make sure I got that in there before we wrap this up. Yeah, that's absolutely beautiful. I mean, that's what this is all about, Warriors, as you can see. You know, D's in the UK, Ken's out in Dubai. I'm here in out in the forest in Sedona. We're running a, a retreat. <laughs> and I want to share with you guys something funny. So we're doing a crypto spiritual retreat. And so the market collapsed this morning. We don't have Wi-Fi and everybody's <laughs> trying to find a, underneath a tree, trying to trade, uh, buy more crypto. So to just to let you guys know what we were doing is we were trying to find Wi-Fi so we could buy more crypto. So we stopped our spiritual journey ran to buy some crypto. I found a cottage out here, but that's what this is all about, Warriors. You know, Ken and I are bringing people on from all over the world to help you understand. I hope that you can see yourself in us because we are one, Warriors. We are all one. And what the system has tried to do is make you think that there is a left, that there is a right, that there is an up, that there is a down. What there is, is there you. You are the president and CEO of your life. That's it hands down and you have the right to make decisions and they know that we are waking up to this new paradigm this new world and you've never had an opportunity like this in history to be part of the biggest shift in generational wealth i mean this is serious wars this is historical times i don't believe that my kids will go through anything like this and so you can either sit back as an armchair quarterback or you can get your shit together and do something about it. And I know all of you watching, all 202 of you watching it all the way through consistently are those generational shifters. So I want to share from you from my paradigm is take a deep breath, Warriors. Two years ago, I had lost everything. I was I felt hopeless. I was stuck in the system and I just got my shit together. I started looking for people like Ken, like D to really learn from and grow from. And I understood the economic system. Once I understood economics and how money actually flowed, it became very easy and very tangible. But you have to understand that you're rewiring your subconscious mind. So don't get frustrated. Ken says this all the time. Come back to the channel and watch. Come back to the channel and watch. Read. Get off freaking social media unless it's positive. Just follow me, Ken, Mac, and D. That's it. <laughs> and as you move forward, <laughs> we will all grow together into this quantum financial system. So I'll, I'll kick it over to Ken and then D to close us out. Ken, the floor is yours. Oh, I lose you guys. Everybody got stuck. He's there, Ken. He's on mute. <laughs> oh, he's on. Yeah, I think he's. Oh, I lost. Okay. Him. All right, all right, D. If you want to take. Oh, there he is. As you were saying, we are all one, and the left wing and the right wing is the same bird. We're all part of the same bird here. Um, so collectively, um, we will be looking at bringing you um, special guests um, more frequently on the show. Um, and we look to grow together with you guys. As Coach E.B. says, we rise together, together. And I look forward to catching all of you guys uh, on Monday next week um, with a new special show for you all. Uh, so if you want to jump onto my uh, own YouTube channel, very soon I'm going to be uh, stockpiling how-to videos so that we can go into the nitty-gritty and the A to Z of how to do bits and pieces that we're speaking about on this show. So that will be a more uh, detailed um, um, uh, YouTube channel to help you there. And we'll be keeping it more generic here so we can uh, um, get to the point. Yep. Yeah, and you can find all the links down below as well. And D, how can how can people find you? So you can find me on Instagram um, at D underscore Ludlow, or just go to my website if you want to chat. It's www.dludlow.com. And uh, my sort of closing words are just look, guys, 
you know, practice delayed gratification. Nothing, don't, don't try and chase the, these sort of quick bucks. That's not how you build generational wealth. So don't try and keep up with the Joneses. Do your thing, right? Look after your empire, right? That's, that's what you should be doing. So that's sort of the closing words. I just want to say thanks to Ken and Coach JV. Appreciate the invite, guys. This has been awesome. And I love what you two are doing. Awesome. We love you guys so much. We love all of you out in the community. As we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together. Okay. Let's go.